Hello and welcome to this week's Up the Polly. Um, I have a very smiley guest this week with lots to say, I hope, hope she doesn't climb up on me. Um, so this week's guest <laughs> is Natasha Newson, who lots of strings to Natasha's boat, um, which we'll explore, talk a little bit about her running. Natasha's notable, to, at least from my point of view, as being one of the most improved runners over the last year. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a bit about her use of Strava. She's telling me off coming off Strava, so we'll have a chat about that. Um, Natasha's also a trustee at the club, and I'm quite interested to learn about what that involves um, and what's going on from the club's point of view. That's just a world I have no knowledge of at all. I just sort of turn up. And last but not least, we are absolutely going to pick up Natasha's... Not many people will be aware of this. She's known in the ultra-running community as the Angel of Slaggyford. Um, and I'll explain a little bit about why, because I have a personal interest in this. <laughs> but it, I should shut up and say, hello, Natasha. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm well. I'm very excited to be talking to you and badgering you about Strava. Excellent. Good. I'm looking forward to that conversation. I've got my argument lined up, so I'm okay. <laughs> um, but let's talk about you. I know you, everyone gets nervous when I say that because people think, oh, no one talk about me. But one, one of the things I get in terms of feedback on this podcast is people like the stories. They like hearing about other people's running as well as their other bits of their lives. And that's been the same with every single episode of this we've done so don't worry and I've, I've picked on you I've approached Natasha because I've seen firsthand pretty much how quick she's got over this last year so talk to me about that I mean what happened there any EPL well, <laughs> sorry I don't know what's happened um I think I was improving slowly um through Simon and Graham's coaching um and then lockdown has been a bit of a gift because I had to run with the only person you were allowed to run with which was obviously my partner Mike um he was a lot faster than me so that was very stressful as you can imagine at the start oh, constantly you, going no, out you said the word was in that sentence let's keep let's oh, let, did I say that can we have a disclaimer he is still faster than me um, but no, so I would go out every run with Mike and be really stressed out and worried. And um, as you, you know, Mike, you know that he, you know, doesn't doesn't hold back. And he would just tell me that I had to run quicker and pull my finger out, basically. Um, so I remember likening one of our long runs to Chinese water torture, not dramatically at all, um, because I spent basically an hour and a half just stressing out about trying to keep up. Um, but then every time I did it, obviously, it was really good for me. And I, I guess that's, that's you know, it's a great way to get quicker, isn't it? It's to run with quicker people. So, so. yeah. And so I think that um, I kept doing all the training that Simon and Graham set. I did all the, pretty much all the sessions with Michael. You know, when we were allowed to run with other people, you know, I ran a lot with Alison, who's also fast. So that was fabulous. Um, and then I think I've benefited from uh, stuff like online circuits. So I've actually done more fitness classes and things than I would normally do because I can just do them at home and I don't miss um, miss out because I've fallen asleep and forgotten to book a class and then it's sold out, which happened about 99% of the time <laughs> otherwise. Um, so actually just being able to log in and do things like that means I've actually yeah. got a bit fitter, I think. So you basically just went for it. What I'm saying, the summary of all of that is you were consistent and you, you get up to it a bit, which I know is... Un unremarkable really. in the sense that that's what normally happens but it's it's 
I hear from that that there's no shortcut. You've got a graft, haven't you? you, you and you, you work, you're on with Mike. You know, he beasted you basically. Yeah, it, he literally killed me week in, week out. And then, yeah, and then the sessions are, you know, Simon and Graham's sessions are horrible, half of them. They are horrible. Um, so, yeah, so that's so good for you, though, isn't it? Doing that and then just consistently doing a long run, doing a couple of yeah. sessions, doing some fitness. Um, and yeah, you, I like that. And you, I mean, it's interesting speaking to different people about lockdown. And one of the things that I reflect on is that uh, for a combination of personality and circumstances, some people have, like you said it yourself, mm. it's a gift. And for others, it's been an absolute mm. nightmare. It's been a case of, oh, do you know what? Mojo's gone, opportunity's gone. I'll, 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 I'll pick it up again when we're allowed to train with people. And there's nothing, you know, that's just life. That's, mm. There's no judgment in that. But um, you, you're very much on the sort of tip of the, that bit of the curve, which is around, not only was it beneficial, it was super beneficial. I mean, do you think you'd be as fit as you are now if there, were, if there hadn't have been lockdown? No, because I still would be missing 95% of fitness classes because I've forgotten to book them. And, and you know, it's much easier to do classes and running, isn't it, than yeah. when, when you're sat at home all day, really, um, yeah. than when you're running around like a blue-ass fly. So, yeah. no, I probably wouldn't be as fit, to be honest, or, or running as well. And I think lockdown was tough on everybody. And it was, you know, it was tough on us here. And, you know, running was a positive. It was a way to sort of constructively do something that, I know it literally means nothing other than what it means to you. Yeah. but it's a way to have some positive out of a bit of a crap situation. Well, I mean, I saw it that way as well. I mean, a bit slightly different for me because I had to go in sometimes and the family commitments and everything else. But mm. and also, um, I, I'm really bad at the kind of non-running bit of training. I mean, you sound like the fitness classes, the strength and conditioning. I try. I mean, Charlotte uh, Penfold's given me some exercises which I just want to die at the end of them mm. and and I was doing I did one of her actual live zoom classes and I don't mind admitting the way I positioned the webcam was slightly elevated so if if there's an exercise that was done on the floor I could just lie there and not do it oh, <laughs> just you know occasionally put my foot up because <laughs> <laughs> I just struggle so much I can't do it I'm rubbish but um but yeah, those those that strength and conditioning. We talked with Simon and Graham a bit about that while you know one of the other podcasts, and you've just the whole thing's just come together for it, and you can see it. I mean, you look you're running so well; it's brilliant. I mean, how long have you been running? What's what's your history with all of this? I never really asked oh, well, you. I'm, no, and I actually had to look it up because I couldn't remember either. Um, so I started running at for well, the Great North Run in 2014. So you're like another everyone. one, yeah, another, another one exactly, yeah. yeah. Considering people long. absolutely like hate the Great North Run as a sort of big mass event that's super cheesy, yeah. it's been such a catalyst for so many people, hasn't it? Absolutely, same with Park Run. You know, mm. it's got it, it's got its naysayers, but actually, and I was one of them for a while. I thought about five k, whatever. Not not in a sort of oh, slow people shouldn't run. It was nothing to do with that. I just hated five k's. But it's um, short for you, isn't it? Well, just fast and hard work. Yeah, I like to have a nice sort of gentle time of it. But the um, but I got really into them, I, and I just think that's so, and I loved seeing people come to running through Park Run. I mean, I think Hugh talked about that was his way in, and, and look how prolific Hugh is. Um, and I just think your Great North Run's the same. I mean, there are fell races like in my my world where they're they're, they're beginning to to sort of emerge as great ways to start the sport because the hardcore fell women didn't care about that. It was, so uh, trail runs have come in to do that. Like the hard moors, for example, 
So mm -hmm. I love events like that. I just think they're, 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 there's something fantastic about them. And look, look what it's done with you. So was the Great North Run your first race? As far as I know, yeah. I think yeah. so. I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. And I did two hours 18. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, um, see if you can take an hour off that next time then. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I think a pig just flew over the screen there. But... Yeah, well, you know, that's pretty sharp. <laughs> but but even, so what is your next race, by the way? Have you got anything lined up? Oh, yes. I have the Bamborough 10K this month. Right. And then I have um, Sunderland Half Marathon in June. And the Virtual Bladen, which I love. Right. and um the bridges of the time five miler and i'm technically meant to have the chevy but that is definitely not happening oh why not well when i drunkenly got signed up for it last year <clears throat> mike um the plan was <laughs> do a lot of the shorter fell races as prep you know because you seriously need to mentally prep i think as much as anything for something like the chevy um and get some long runs in and obviously they haven't been on any of these races that I was going to use as prep. And I just don't think that I could cope with 20 miles of that. You know what? Crying. I think it's a good shout. I mean, as fit, as fit as you are, I think um, 20 mile same, foul, a 25-mile yeah. foul run, if you're not sure you've got the climbing in you, oh. or you're sure for, even your footing, you, yeah. it just ups the risks. And falling over, you know, road races here and there, I guess, but you, you, you come a cropper of the Chevy and people having to carry you off or something. I just see if you get any doubts about a race like that. So I know I'm teasing you, but it's, I think that's the right call. You need to mm -hmm. do a few to build up to it. Chevy's a tough race. I've done it a couple of times. and uh, I will, oh, I will I mean, I, go into it one year, but I, I loved it. Oh, it was fantastic. So, I would still love to do it, you know, one year, but I mean, like I last year, I, I think I cried after the Brufflorfell race, which is what, about five miles? So if I can okay. cry after that, I'm going to go with something four times the distance. Well, I think this segues neatly onto the Strava thing, because much as I, I'm not anti-Strava, don't get, we'll come on to the why in a moment, Good. but I did notice that given your, um, you've got a place out in Slaggyford in the North Pennines, mm. uh, that you've been venturing onto the fells, you know, under your own steam. Um, just in fact, you've bagged a couple of bloody summits. I haven't. I was quite jealous. I, was, I need to get my backside into gear and do a couple of those. But those hills behind where you live, um, that you know, they're peaty, boggy, high, you know, remote sort of fells. You know, you didn't take them lightly. You seem to have uh, got yourself up, up there. I mean, how does that? Is that something you want to do a lot more of, racing wise? Are you interested in that? Not racing wise. I love going up the hills in in the Pennines mm. um, for the sheer joy of it. Really, um, I don't tend to do them totally on my own because I might get lost and die. As you know, my navigation skills leave something to be desired. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't <laughs> going to say anything. As you bring it up. <laughs> when I was there last time, I found there's there's two eels bridges, and I found one, and then I walked off like about five minutes in a different direction to find the other one. And it turned out it just joined onto the first one. I hadn't even oh, noticed. Right. They were right next to each other. Anyway, <laughs> so that's my navigation skills. So no, um, those hills are beautiful and amazing, but it's much more about tootling up them at a nice steady pace and then, you know, coming down. And the, the speed I descend the fells is so slow and grandma-like that, right. you know, I, you know, it's not going to be good. It wouldn't be worth racing, frankly. And I, I, recently, um, Obviously, with lockdown, I, I really enjoyed fell running uh, just for the sake of fell running. I always mm. do, but I, I, whilst I've missed racing, I haven't. Um, 
I haven't missed it as much as I thought I would because I've still been able to get out. I mean, it's awful when mm. we couldn't, but I mean, I was out on Friday. Oh, it was just great. And I felt no pressure. It was lovely. But I did notice you were doing that because I'd seen you doing it on Strava. So mm-hmm. talk, to, uh, talk to me a bit about your your how Strava is, features in your running. Is, is it, you talked about all those things that have got you quicker, you know, the consistency and the, the getting beasted and the strength and conditioning. Yeah. Did Strava help you with any of that? Did it motivate you or did it, was it, was it along for the ride or was it part of the actual process? No, I think it is part of it because Strava makes, as you, I guess the same sort of thing that you don't like about it is it, it, it makes you visible, doesn't it? And yeah. to everybody really. Yeah. And so actually when you are getting quicker, the lovely people on Strava that I follow and follow me, are so ready to celebrate and support you, aren't they? You know, it's like I did a half marathon yesterday and it was pretty good oh. for me. And like, I've got loads of comments just saying, well done, that's great. Including one from one of my coaches, which is obviously the nice coach, Graham. Let's just the nice put coach. that out there. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. nice coach, the good cop. Let's set about um, better, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not mentioning him. <laughs> but, um, you know, and just doing that, and I didn't expect to get any praise for it. And it's lovely to, and, you know, if you do PB and you do a good, a good time and people recognize that and that's a really nice feeling it's lovely and, and i wouldn't yeah. disagree and, and um there's it's interesting i did a little poll on the um the poly facebook page because i was just quite interested in how people use it and i had to laugh at the results i got to say because i forget the i think the most popular answer by far was um i use it as a journal um and then the next most popular answer which was a roughly half frequency of the first one was I use it to see what my friends and rivals are doing Hmm. yeah right whatever I mean it's it's (laughs) if it was if it was mostly a journal then I I just think the behaviors around it would be quite different and one of the options that wasn't there and we've all done it and there's nothing wrong with it is I like to show off on it a bit if you do (laughs) you're really proud of getting up there and yeah and why not? But because, you know, it's nice to be, you've just said it and I agree. It's nice when uh, and it can make you feel good and make you motivated to do more or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it just, it made me laugh that nobody ventured that actually I just like to, to, to sometimes beat myself up a bit on that or make myself feel better. But that's mm. certainly part of it. I mean, there are some other things as well about um, people use it to, um, for, for things like segments, you know, and all, get very into the minutiae of Strava. But I think it's become much more of a, I mean, I started using, I've been using it for 11 years. Um, Strava came out in 2009 uh, and I was looking up, it's the, the, the purpose of it, quote unquote, was a, um, a tracking platform for human activity. That's what they- <laughs> They kept that broad, didn't they? And, and, and now it's not. It's a social media platform and it's morphed from one to the other. And I think that's that's the thing for me that's that's changed. And it's nothing wrong with it. It's just my relationship with it. Um, but I mean, I remember when I first started running, I started running in 2000. And um, so 2003, I was, I was training for my first marathon, London Marathon, winter, early, really early 2003. And Nobody had GPS watches and and it was all Casio, you know, it was, it was classic. And I remember going for a run. And the reason I got into Strava is because this particular run that um, that I did. So when Strava came available, I leapt on it because um, 
uh, it was 2003, it was my first ever 20 miler and I'd never run 20 miles before. And we lived in a little village called Rosset, just between Chester and Wrexham. So I got a big ordnance survey map out and a plot on a 20 mile run. I said, right, tomorrow, my first ever 20 mile run, I'm gonna go do that. And I sat there that, in the afternoon, I thought, Adam, what if it's not 20 miles? And there's no way of knowing. So, no, you know, so I went out of the car and I drove around and it was like 20.1, thought, right, okay. So Alison's like, fine. Then I thought, but I don't know where the mile splits are. So how will I know? I wanted to run it eight minute mileage. So, so I went out again and uh, each, each time that I reset the trip meter in the car and each time it got to a mile, I'd go, right, bench, 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 got to two miles, post box, post box, post box, got to three miles. Wow. Uh, and, I, and I got to the end and about an hour later, I had my tea with Alison. Couldn't remember a bloody thing. So I went out again in the car wow. <laughs> with, a, with um, some post-it notes and some sanitate. It was dark by this time. And uh, I'm just sticking at each mile plot, getting out of the car, look at that third gear. And I'm sticking yellow post-it notes in these various places. Because I'm starting the run at six in the morning, Sunday, dark. So, and I lived in a little village. So after half a mile, I'm in the countryside, had my little head torch on. It, it, I didn't see a post-it note for an hour. <laughs> it just was, and, and then I got to the end and my run, I must have seen about six of these notes throughout. And the run was about four minutes over the pace, you know, so I'd run it roughly on pace. And I was really pleased with that. But what, and then of course I had to drive around again to collect all the bloody posties. 80 miles of driving. <laughs> <laughs> 20 mile course out. Never has anyone gone to this much effort for a what run ever. I know. I just, and, and then when Strava and GPS watches came out a couple of years after that, so I bought one. It was like a brick and a Garmin Forerunner 201. It was like a big old sort of elliptical type brick. And then um and then Strava, I just dived on it. And for me, it was a savior. It because it was a it was a log. It was a it was a mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember Alison just rolling her eyes when I went out for the fourth time, just thinking, what have I married here? We weren't yeah, yeah, quite. And um and it, it's for that as a log. I mean, confession, I haven't come off Strava. I'm just recording <gasps> it all. Scandal. Just for me. But the the whole idea that it it's um that it can record everything and the, you know it's, it's it is great but i just think i just felt as i'm now getting older i'm nearly 50 and it's i'm slowing down um i just feel like oh god it's so obvious to see every time i do a run i used to do it's like trending downwards I'm like, yeah that's painful oh, isn't it oh, no. and uh, i i've just I'm, I'm, my pbs are all set in my 30s i ain't gonna get them again and um it, it's just it's just a bit depressing really but I think the other thing about Strava, though, it is lovely to see it like you with you to see other people just coming into their own. So I will stalk. I mean, do you stalk? Are you a Strava stalker? Oh, my friends would tell you I'm an impressively <laughs> accurate stalker. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I'm not going to deny it. I'm good at that. So give me go on. Give me some. You don't have to name names, but give me an no, example. Oh, no. A stalking ever made you do a run that you wouldn't have done or do a certain thing that you wouldn't have done? So, for example, I guess I, I, you know, things like stealing routes off people, which are good routes, is great. Um, I've run past people before and thought, gosh, you're going really quick. Who are you? You're you're not in the poly, are you? And I've managed to find them via segments and uh, (laughs) I'm really bad. I told you this. I'm so bad. That is Um, pretty high. That's next level stalking. It's like Facebook stalking, but stalking Strava. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, wow. I, I made a segment at the cottage, uh, a kilometre segment for me, really, to measure, you know, when I wanted to do kilometre reps and somebody stole it. And I, so I went on because it said someone has taken your segment. And I was like, "Who is this?" Oh, you get the email, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. why does it do that to you? Just wind you up. <sighs> so I, um, I went on and I looked at this girl's run, and she had written it like, "I've stolen a segment." Went out to steal a segment, and like put a little crown picture. Mm-hmm. And then the, all of her other runs, she did about six miles a week tops, and they were really slow. So, so she deliberately done it, and it just. It just pissed me off, so I um, I went back and got it back. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I that does make me sound crazy, I know. And I'm not like that, in especially not in North Tyneside, because there's hundreds of runners and hundreds of fantastic runners, you know, So and they're not segments that I really care about, frankly. That's interesting, though. I mean, there's something that reminds me of a story by one of my old friends down in Tattenhall, um, where we used to live. He uh, ran a really good runner and a really good cyclist. And he'd done a seg- he got a segment on a cycling segment from his commute to work. And um, one day noticed it had been taken. And it was somebody that he didn't know, but a friend of his knew. And he said, oh, do you know, you know, my segment went today. Who took it? Oh, this guy called so-and-so. And his mate started laughing and said, so what? I said, I think I know what happened. Said, what do you mean what happened? He just took my segment. He's fine. You know, he said, well, no, no, he's local. And he went out. <clears throat> he was annoyed that he couldn't beat that segment so he went out with lead out riders and they led him out with a slipstream and then peeled off and he took the <laughs> and then whereas my mate did it just part of his commute and his heavy bike with his bike off so he went out on his fast bike and, yep. and just took like a minute off this segment and, and up yours mate I, utterly, yeah, right. I approve of this behavior both yours and his <laughs> <laughs> Slightly if someone's going to do that, then come on, you know, <laughs> geez. I mean, I must admit, I, when I was peak Strava, um, this was peak down when, yeah, about six, seven years ago, is that my old, where I used to live is mountain pretty much on the doorstep called Morvama. It's on northeast Wales. Um, and it, it's got loads of really popular routes up and a bit like round round here, lots of good runners. So I'm never going to be getting a segment. Mm. But on the east side of the mountain, it's just sheer like this, really steep. And it's a, a deforested sort of plantation. So it's all been hacked down. Tree stumps and crappy ground, the worst thing to run on possible. I thought, I'm making a segment. I'm having it because only <laughs> I would go up there. <laughs> so I got to the bottom of this, this climb thought oh god that looks horrible it was about a thousand foot up and I just went for it and I was tripping over logs and it was so slow and I got to the top and I marked it and I mean I gave it everything and uh, set it up as a segment so that was in probably what 2013 or 2014 something like that not only has it it okay positive spin hasn't been beaten since slightly more realistic spin hasn't been repeated since (laughs) so not the point you still win not the point. but the, it drives some really bizarre behavior and whilst it's quite funny i think sometimes when you get people going out like that girl to nick your segment and that mate that lad to Rude. My mate's segment, it's just on is it shocking the, the funniest one is from one of our coaches which is that his neighbor set up a segment that included his neighbor's driveway so like so you he, he was going to be the only person really that could actually do it do you know the story and then he crept out at night onto his neighbor's driveway to steal the segment and stole it i love that round of applause i know 
that is that is that person has told me that tale and uh that's unbelievable i mean i'm talking myself back into it now but i think i think to my mind i do i do love i do love stories like that i just think there's a um i'm gonna have to tick the we talked before we started recording about whether we need to tick the expletive button on the uh the podcast but there's a phrase in football called shithousery when the other team are just doing everything to get in your way that it's really dirty shithousery <clears throat> and i just think strava can produce some fantastic quite witty if you're going to do it do it do it kind of blatantly you know don't don't pretend exactly. it's something else exactly um, so I think if you're going to do it that way, it's probably probably worth pursuing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is an amazing thing. But I think Strava, it's, it's become a phenomenon, hasn't it? I thought when I started using it in what, 2011, I think it was. Or no, no, I can forget now. Um, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was very much a niche, geeky sort of thing. It was mostly for cyclists. It kind of begrudgingly had a running option. Um, and now it's got, God, you can put everything skiing, um, open water swimming. You can have God. a trip to the bookshop. So yesterday, that was excellent. Oh, sorry, <laughs> so a trip to the bookshop. Well, it's the activities, isn't it? I mean, that's the other yeah. thing about the whole. Yeah, we are going to have to tick the expletive button. The um, Strava wankers thing. Um, if anybody listens who's on Twitter, you must follow the Strava wanker account. It is absolutely wonderful um, because you, the people going out and doing. <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, the, the, the excuses for one bloke put walking his daughter up the bloody aisle at her wedding on Strava because he wanted to get his mileage in. It's like, what are you doing? You know, you imagine then, at the top when he beeped his watch yeah, to stop it. Mowing the lawn. I mean, what? Weirdo. That's to my mind when it got a bit like, come on a minute. A bit silly. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, and the Ross Barkley 5K being an absolute belter as well. I just, yeah. I just think that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the, for those that don't know what that is, it's Strava has this um, quirk where when you finish your workout, the time that it puts up on the main display is how long you're, um, you're, you are moving for. So the moving time or running time, it doesn't display your elapsed time unless you go behind it a bit. I think it's one click. I can't remember what you click, but you click something and it tells you how long you're the elapsed time. So you could sprint hundred meters, have a good old, stop your watch, have a bit of a rest and do that for 5K and break the world record. It's not until you see the elapsed time that people know, you know, the game's afoot. But um, that phenomena, people uh, have spent years pretending to run fast times and, and they've been outed, mainly on Strava Angus, for, for doing it. So when all of that stuff comes into play, it, um, it gets a little, for me, it gets a little bit like, what am I doing mm -hmm. on this? I mean, I don't know about you, have you noticed some of the way that people, I'll ask you a slightly different question. Have you ever, whilst doing a run, actually thought to yourself as you're running, I wonder what I'm going to call this run on Strava? Uh, every run ever. <laughs> Silly question. <laughs> oh dear. I like, the, I, like the way, I love the way you thought, well, doesn't everybody? Because I, I find yeah. slight guilt attached, attached to that. You know, but yeah, it's so bizarre. And well, well, okay, secondary question. Do you then explore or start to think about what you're going to write in the comments? Not so much, because yeah. I think that some people go a bit overboard with writing the story of their lives on Strava. You know, we don't need to know that, you know, you stopped your watch to look at some birds nesting at three miles and then, you know, you had a little breather. 
oh, mile four was slightly up, but I did tie my shoelaces off. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when it becomes like social media and it's that what's reality versus what you're showing people thing, which is the yeah. off-putting side of it, isn't it, really? Yeah. And, and I so think try and not do that. It's not Strava that's the problem, it's how it's used. It's the same mm. with anything, you know, it's, it's a platform. It is. It's become, it's yeah. moved from being a, a journal to a platform and Strava not reasonably embracing that because I don't think they made money until recently. I think it's made a loss for years. Yeah. And yet it's a yeah. real phenomenon. Facebook was the same and now look at yeah. it. So um, <clears throat> it, it's, I do think it's something that I, I found useful, but I just think it threw me when I found myself making excuses for myself in the comments. Mm -hmm. What am I doing this yeah. for? Jeez, I don't, I don't have to explain yeah. myself. You don't have to prove, exactly. Yeah, I find, I, tr I try and not do all of that because it, you're so right, people go, it's a bit tired today, it was a bit hot. And you know, it's the thing you do when you stand on the start line of a race, don't you? I didn't sleep that well. I only had one banana for breakfast, whatever. Um, but yeah. actually sometimes you just have a crap run and yeah. that's fine. Just say yeah. that it was, a, you just didn't have it. It's fine. Or, or you cared. went out for a loosener. I mean, the, champ the champion yeah. for me in terms of, perspective and approach to training and just all around all around good egg is, is when you look at greg greg penn because he'll go out and do loads of really slow runs and yeah. no one's looking at that thinking oh bloody hell greg doing nine minute miling or 10 minute miling or what's your problem yeah, nobody exactly. does that and yet in your head sometimes you think mm -hmm. they do um so i do find that quite curious and so somebody of his caliber and, and can yeah. you know not worry about that i think it's a sort of um solace for all of us really but uh yeah i, I mean I, I think it is something that i have to admit i do like not so much stalking because i don't use it because my, my running's a bit weird i'm kind of quite antisocial and and, and train for <laughs> odd things so but i do like to see people doing well um and improving you know um not i don't so much steal roots and whatnot because i guess what i'm doing is a bit different Although that you know, have there have been instances where I have done that, um, but it's it's probably something. Now I'm I need to get over the fact that I'm slowing down, um, and then use it with a bit more comfort. So I've taken I've sort of taken a break from it, so I think it helps. But I'll come back to it at some point. It, it is. I had, a, I had the thing with um, Liverpool. I did Liverpool Marathon, and I got I trained terribly. I got slower and slower. I hated running hated pretty much my life because running took over um and I got I, I remember having total hissy fit and deleting loads of people off my Strava and I made my runs private as well and I just I just didn't want to see people who were going I'm great I love running you know I just hated them all so I deleted loads of people so if you got deleted it was probably a compliment because you were running really well um but then and then I felt silly but it was all in my head because I was in that marathon maranoia yeah. thing you know and, and i would say it isn't silly it, it it's natural but it feels it's just not pleasant is it and i think that's the thing about strava if you if you don't if you get too hung up on the the minutiae it's bad for you and i think knowing yeah. to take a break is a good thing and i think i know myself well enough to do that i mean my training recently has been more about just turning my legs over because you know i've got a spine in six weeks so i can't be busting a gut although i went to the track on tuesday with the club bloody hell um, maybe I should put that on because I was actually I was quite pleased it went quite well. Um, but it was I was beasted by the people I was with. It was it was great. Um, so yeah, there's definitely I think one of the things that I'd take in this conversation actually just that and just generally is that um, it's almost like 
we need to kind of you need to look out for people when you're on Strava because sometimes you know you, you can you know, there can be some inadvertently you know comments or just just behaviors really that might might a bit like so any social media that makes you think oh god mm. so sure like mm. that. So you might see somebody's dropping off a bit um might be a chance to do something but I do think there's there's a there's a way to learn how to use it and I think that's something that It'd be interesting to get reflections on people after this podcast from the club actually about whether or not they've had similar sort of tensions but i mean that brings me beautifully segues me onto the club itself i just want to ask you change changing tack um so you're a trustee of the club i don't actually know what that means i'm really i hope so i know <laughs> I, i'm gonna make me aware so, so, so do you mind just talk to me a bit about what it is and, and how you got into it and what it involves that sort of thing yeah, so charity trustees in any any charity is about governing the charity, checking that it's legally compliant, that it's financially sustainable and that it's meeting its charitable aims. So every charity has, in order to be charitable, has to have aims about public benefit. Right. Um, ours are around, obviously, sport, sport and um, health and well-being. Um, and that's our job, really, is to keep things going and to check that what we are doing is supporting those charitable aims. Um, so I've been a trustee, I think, for a few years, um, but I was a trustee before of another Northeast charity, um, and I was a non-exec director of a social enterprise, so I sort of knew that I liked doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and as you know, my, my day job is running two companies that win funding for people, mm. and that's really aligned with this, you know, and getting, I, I, I have paid clients that are charities that pay me to win the money so actually yeah. to be able to do it pro bono for the poly or for other charities is you know it just made a lot of sense to me obvious, to be one obvious synergy with your skill set then really and lucky is yeah. i mean that's that's i mean all presumably all running clubs have these have the same um, status and therefore need people that can do that and uh, and we've got you which is rather good so not, actually not all running clubs but um, oh, right. a lot are charities now yeah you don't have to be Okay. Um, you don't have to be a charity but you can be you can be lots of other things as well hmm. marvelous so what what does that i mean it sounds like there's lots of technical legal admin type stuff in there but in terms yeah. of what the club's doing i mean what's on its radar at the moment obviously lot coming out of lockdown and the coaches have been awesome um yeah. that's my that's my very blinkered view of it i know there's a lot more going on so what, what what's the club's sort of aims or what's its what's what's its preoccupation at the moment given the way things are i think a lot of it's what you said it's coming out of lockdown safely and making sure that everything we do is still covid secure so we have a volunteer covid coordinator claire winter um and you know that that's so multifaceted it's things like the clubhouse how do you keep that covid safe yeah. and yeah. you know activities for all the all the wide-ranging activities that the poly delivers how do you keep them safe um so there's loads to do with that and, and and it has meant changes hasn't it it's meant smaller group training and you know lots of restrictions so that that's quite a big job in itself um i think that the trust we've got an amazing team of trustees honestly i genuinely like them as people they're a very good bunch um and there's a lot around modernization of the club i think so bringing it you know bringing it into the 21st century and making sure it's fit for purpose you know things like um systems so previously we didn't really have the same level of systems and policies that we do now that just make things run a bit more smoothly which is a bit maybe a bit boring to talk about but it's true you know stuff like um love admin just means that 
we know every session who's there, how many people are in each group, it's COVID safe, you know, we, we've got track and trace if we need it, all those really boring things, that's what we do, and I think there's sometimes a misconception about what it means to be a trustee, it, it, you can contribute whatever you like to it, it's about running that charity, you know, it's not about coaching or yeah. getting involved in athletics competitions or volunteering every Saturday it's you know it's yeah. we've got amazing people like Patrick who's a practicing lawyer um you know like I mentioned GLD who's an absolute killer salesman and negotiator which is really useful for us um you know people like Ben who's an accountant so he does all the figures it's they all do different things that they are skilled at and they bring awesome and I guess <clears throat> in terms of that then you, you you've got people with particular skill sets, which takes care mm. of all. I mean, I work for, I'm a, a director at a local authority. I know all about boring things in the background that keeps things moving. That's my job. Uh, mm. I, do, I do get that. Uh, and it's, it's the same sort of phenomena, I suppose. I suppose mm. I'd add to that, it's, there's just, just trustees, but if people wanted to get involved in the running of the club, it's not, it's not just trustees that, it's not the only role in town, is there? There's obviously there's coaches as well, but, what sort of things, what other sort of opportunities would there be if people want to get involved a bit and not without we, necessarily overcommitting? I mean, honestly, anything that you can think of that people want to do. I mean, we are we are reliant upon a massive team of volunteers that do so much. It might be opening the clubhouse uh, ready for an athletics competition. We have a social media team who go on Facebook and do that. You know, we have an events team of volunteers who do all the races. We have somebody who manages um, the email inbox for inquiries. You know, people do, you know, Susan does all the membership. There's such a wide range of things. And it's almost, you know, I came into it going, I'm really good at funding so I'm going to do funding yeah. and it's the same you could you could do that with anything really and you know some some people spend hours each week you know people like Simon he doesn't just coach he does a lot of other stuff for the club yeah. behind the scenes they they do hours every week and some people you know just do an hour every couple of weeks it's it doesn't have to be enormous but honestly without I don't think without the volunteers we could um we could exist no you're here well <clears throat> I, I didn't want that to pass. I think it's important to get that out on one of these podcasts. I'm not, I'm not been asked to do this. It just, as a club member, I recognise the fact that these things don't just happen. So, mm. so it's good to hear mm. it. Okay. I'm going to ask you about the Angel of Slaggyford now. I think <laughs> enough of the serious stuff. Just, in, just a bit of context. So, <laughs> I love this. So, <clears throat> Slaggyford is a beautiful little village on the, the South Tyne River, and it's on the Pennine Way. Uh, which is what the, the spine race, which is what I, one of my sort of stupid things, follows the Pennine Way. And Slaggyford uh, is 100, and, 100, this is ridiculous. I know exactly, it's 189 miles in. Um, and Mark and Natasha's cottage is literally on the route, on a, you, turn, you turn left around it to go up a little hill. And um, <clears throat> so when this race happens, and it happens twice a year, it's, there's a winter version, which is the main version, usually first weekend in January. And the summer version is normally sometime around mid-June. And it's the whole length of the thing. It take, and you've got a week to do it if you're, if you're taking part in the race. Now, one of the rules is, other than at these, these checkpoints, which is, there's five of them, and they're between 30 and 60 miles apart, you're not allowed to um, have any support. You can use shops, <clears throat> but you're not allowed any support. However, they kind of turn a blind eye to mad people on the route who are just nice. What they can't have is people turning up like that you know and only supporting you. But if somebody lives on the route, decides they might get involved somehow, um, 
then uh, then that's fine. It, or people don't tend to mind. And I hadn't fully realised what was going on, but I wasn't taking part in the race, but I was following it. And I was looking at the... Um, because I've t- because I've done the race, I mean, there's like a private Facebook group in Spine Race. And... and, and um, I saw the competitors saying, stopped at this place at Slaggyford, and I knew Natasha and I were going to do something. And I was getting texts, off, uh, messages on Natasha, oh, I've just seen Pavel who won it and various other people. And it's it's built up a bit of a notoriety. And when you've gone that far and you're that tired and cold and someone's giving you pizza or, or whatever, it, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. So I kept seeing reference to the angel of Slaggyford on all of these um posts and i thought that's i know who that person is so um and so you've got to tell me what a bit, a bit about that experience because it, it i i didn't know how much you realized you were being spoken about on a private facebook group you couldn't see <laughs> i had no idea until you told me and then do you remember that that person blogged and did oh. didn't he compare me to that uh, bird in lord of the rings yeah, <laughs> well, I think that's the detail. I think the gist is that he was a bit of a fan, it's fair to say. And yeah. I, when I told him that I knew you, he was mortified. Yeah, <laughs> I, said, good. Oh. I said, I said, well, no, tough, you know, say how it is. But um, yeah, yeah, you won a few fans over there. But so this this has become folklore now, you know. So, I mean, talk yeah. to me about some of the people you saw and what you did. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. So again, I think this comes back to my, you know, you could compare this to the Strava stalking weirdness, um, but as you well know, the spine has a tracker um, for every competitor on the map, and you can absolutely see when someone's coming towards your village, who they are, you can look at their picture, you can see their name, you can see how long they slept at the last checkpoint, how battered they are. Um, So, you know, I just took it upon myself for these people who've run 189 miles to give them a warm welcome to Northumberland and so generally that involves waiting until they are coming up the hill and I can see their tracker and then bouncing out my door with some form of baked goods or pizza or tea or whatever (laughs) hollering their name at them like it's the most because it is genuinely exciting when you see them coming up the road um and just giving them a bit of support really um as you said I had absolutely no idea that there was any more to it or that people sort of had said oh look look out for Natasha at Slaggyford and Checkpoint 4.5, as we call it, in between yeah, the two main checkpoints. Checkpoint four is six miles down the road. It also, it's a shame you're, there's not a bigger gap, but there we are. Um, I, I've got to tell you this, you've got competition. There what? Are, there are other informal checkpoints springing up, just mini ones. Um, so there's a lady uh, just, shy, just shy of Bellingham, so about, let me think, about 30 just over 30 miles on from where you are. So mm. uh, it's a farm called Hornestead. It's just outside Bellingham. And she's got a... <laughs> this sounds like she's one opinion. She's not. But um, <laughs> she's basically kitting her whole barn out with like power and sofas and all sorts of people. But the, oh, it, wow. But that's only two miles, no, three miles, I think it is, from the checkpoint at the other end. So <clears throat> people don't generally stop, but they grab a brew or something. So mm-hmm. this farmer, this farm, this lady called Helen, is, uh, is pitched in. And then in yeah. Garrigill, which is 10 miles down the other way from you, thereabouts, um, there's, a, there's a couple of ladies there, WI, that they just baked the hell out of, of everything. Mm-hmm. And they put all these tray bakes out. And the fact they did it the year I did it, um, <clears throat> they just left these tray bakes out at night uh, when they obviously, because people, were, I went past at night, 
and uh, when I got there, there was a bloody bird sound pecking at this cake there. Crap, I'm, I still ate some because I'm starving. You're right. But, um, but you've got, but nobody, what people tend to mention the facilities, but when it comes to your one, it's you they talk about. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, I need to open a gin bar or something, don't I? I think oh. if I'm going to one up those two, that sounds phenomenal. But it's, it's, it's becoming a bit of a thing, even much further down on the route in on the second section. So after about, I think it's about 60 miles as one, a, a triathlon club, tra Craven Triathlon Club, of, directly inspired by you, I've got to say, um, I've said, right, well, we need one at this end and there's a pub that's going to stay open and all these informal Aww. checkpoints are starting to spring up. So uh, <clears throat> you've started a movement there. I, I, it's, it's incredible. And in six weeks' time, the summer event is on um, and I'll be doing that. So uh, hope you, I hope I don't pass your door at three in the morning because uh, that would be a bit of a shame. <laughs> I will get up and scream your name and oh, good. Got that recorded. you cakes and pizza, don't worry. It's you so have, because don't, don't forget last time you came past and I was in London for work and you were, you, remember you, you broke my heart because you said how you thought we might be just hiding behind the curtains ready to pop out and trick you, but we weren't there. I hate I that. Really bad patch as well. I was having a really, between Alston and, <laughs> and Adrian's Wall, I had a shocker. That's really, I perked up a bit after that, but oh, I had a, like a 17 mile bad patch. That's a long bad patch. But uh, I thought, oh, it'd be nice I, I knew you wouldn't be because you didn't say you were going to be, and I just just mm. had but no. But this uh, time you're going to get proper fangirled. I mean, you're going to get oh, screaming. So I don't, don't worry. No, I mean it's 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 such a. I can't tell you how good it is just for your head. You don't have to eat anything. It's just mm. this idea that people are willing you on, and it's mm. physically when you see people. But I think as well, this just knowing people. Like I remember. <clears throat> people were sending messages on whatsapp and on messenger and i didn't respond to them but i bloody read them it just it makes a massive difference so yeah it's 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 incredible but no i mean on behalf of all the sp spine runners thank you so much and i must i have to say i have to laugh when i was talking to mike about this because he was saying yeah angela slagiford who did who cooked it all and who did this and he was <laughs> He thinks he has some claim on it because he's been there about once, honestly. You can get back in the box. In Mike, they ain't going to remember you, mate. <laughs> no, exactly. Even if he puts his cowboy hat on, they're not remembering him. Well, indeed. But to but me, it's, it's just, you know, 268 miles is incredible. You know, I, most of us struggle to run 10, 20, and you, you're really modest about it. But it, to me, these people coming past, you know, they've barely slept. They've been going for, what, three, five days. Yeah. It's it's kind of superhuman and really me getting out you know from my nice warm house and offering someone a cup of tea or a bit of cake is really bugger all compared to the fact you've just traveled so far to get there well i mean it's it's interesting that because people i mean lamenting the fact that oh if only it was a bit further into that stage you'd have just come out from a checkpoint actually the first 10 miles after leaving a checkpoint are the worst you you, you feel really like oh so long to go to the next one mm. oh man because from Alston to bellingham is 46 miles and you're really so that's the next chance you're going to sleep and it's really hilly and awful so knowing that early just breaking that first 10 miles up is just so important um so presumably you would have seen the the, the just you know people like jasmine paris and you know the absolute oh i was embarrassingly fangirling jasmine paris when she came past i <laughs> i there's a video of it somewhere and it's cringeworthy i'm like jasmine I think I like knocked over the tea. I was just so excited. I was like, "Do you want anything? What can I get you?" And, when and post, you know, she just wanted to keep going. When I post this this um, podcast up, you you got to attach that video, please, please. 
it. I'm really hoping it's been buried forever. But I mean, she just looked at me like I was mad because she was actually going for a time and she was running, which well, as you know, it's slightly uphill and and, yeah, and most people are not running, they're power hiking. And she was trotting past at some pace and incredible. didn't want to stop. You know, she, oh, she was on for a time, wasn't she? So. She was. I mean, she was being chased down by the Spaniard, uh, Eugenie, at that point. And um, he blanked uh, me. That was rude. Well, he was all over the shop. I mean, he, he didn't finish. I think he carried off delirious with hypothermia and tibias near the end. But God, at that stage, about, he got to Bellingham, which is, you know, 40 odd miles on. And she asked the people, because, you know, the trackers, how far behind is he? And they said, oh, he's about yeah. 5K behind. So he didn't stop. She didn't stop. She just yeah. kept going through the checkpoint. Didn't even, you know. So when he got there, there's a great video of him going, she's gone. And that's when yeah. I, you know, I thought, yeah. It, it, so the fact that you had a very small part, or you, at least you were party to that, because in ultra running, that, that, that little section, it's legend because she totally broke him mentally. Yeah. And uh, and I think just I was just watching the dot, thinking, bloody hell, she hasn't stopped. So uh, yeah, it was amazing. But there's a there's a guy called Mike Churchyard who's um, who's blogged a bit. He was more towards the back end of the field, but he finished and he finished strong. You know, and I've never heard anybody um, quite so gushing about <laughs> the sort of help you gave him. Honestly, he's written really long blogs and stuff, and, and I've heard him talk about it as well. And, yeah, I mean, I know it's a very niche thing, but it's just, uh, to my mind, it comes back to the whole ethos of this conversation, really, which is whether it's giving somebody encouragement on Strava or acknowledging somebody's bloody knackered and sleep deprived, so you're going to pop mm -hmm. out and give them a bit of encouragement, something to eat, or, you know, doing the sessions. In, I mean, one of the things I was going to say earlier on when you said you're improving about doing the, the, through doing Simon Graham sessions is... The, the way that you can move up and down the groups according to how well you're doing or if you're injured or ill you can go down the groups and I've done that I, although annoyingly they put me back up to your groups I'm going to have to I know drop uh -huh. down, you know um I was, I was you know it's uh but it's it's a really good system now it means you, you you're you're able to I, I think it is better you said it earlier on about running with people who are a bit faster well I think that's what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks and I think that's um I do every week at the moment, yeah. Well, it's going to be good for you, can't it? So, but there's, I mean, I think a running thread through this entire chat has been essentially the, the kind of wider, um, how the an individual's running is so linked to the wider bits of it, that the help, the bee stings, the support, um, the kind of positive use of Strava, becoming a trustee, feeding mad people at silly times of the day and night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely chat and um no i'm, I'm really i really appreciate the fact you've come on and i know you'll you know a lot of people are like why me i think it's been really easy yeah, to fill like, the time <laughs> i'd like to apologize if anyone's found this profoundly boring no don't be fine <laughs> say that um well if that's the case it's more down to me than you i would say but uh but thank you very much and uh no I'll, I'll upload this tonight, I think. I, I don't think there's any editing to do. I better hit the explicit button no, no, I think we can. Can we do throw some swear words in now? <laughs> I think we already have, haven't we? That's Simon um, Jameson. He's a right. <laughs> <laughs>